This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You can see we got the fire. Door. We do not get tired. Bumper. We just keep it going, put it all up on the line. Please. We remain inspired. But if you want to try, we look them in the eye and tell them, let's do this. Hey, what's up? This is Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad, and I'm Freddie Kraft. We're back from the final race at the old Atlanta surface to talk driver reactions to the track changes, next-gen safety concerns, Ross Chastain's assistance in Kurt Busch's victory, and the Knoxville truck race. We're rolling in three, two, one. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors. Part of the uh, one truck in Knoxville and the 22 cup car. What's up, Freddie Kraft? Nope, you're not here, so you don't get to go second today. Honestly, <laughs> I don't even think we need to introduce him. He's he's somewhere. I'm, I'm Freddie Kraft. I'm actually in the studio. Spotted for Bubba Wallace, Jeb Burton. I'm I I have a truck. I'm not saying who because. The whole world would send me death threats. Oh, Derek Krause, the 19? <clears throat> I was not there, just for the record. You I was not have had him on the show today. I mean, we could call him if you want, but... Uh, That's Freddie. We also have somebody joining from, I don't know, the worst town in the world. Yo, Brett Griffin. I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. Bodie's at a baseball camp down here, man. I'm uh, pumped up to watch him. Uh, i got to hustle because i got to get back to 11 o'clock. They're starting a game on the freaking... Gamecock baseball field, so I'm a happy dad today. You, are you here to tell the story from there? Nope. No, no we can't <laughs> tell that story. <laughs> you know, for somebody who gives me a, a lot of crap for missing shows, I mean, you're not here, so technically you should be getting the crap today, so everybody should be tweeting at Brett, even though I can't see it because I'm blocked. Hey guys, here, Casey Boat here. here. I don't, I don't even want to hear. I don't even want to hear. I don't even want to hear. I'm, I'm here virtually, so I can give you a big virtual hug. Next week, I will not be on the show because I'm going to be in Turks and Caicos. So that one, I'm actually going to be absent. Um, I will be in Turks and Caicos too next week. So we'll have to talk. Are Listen, you serious? I swear, I leave on Monday morning. <laughs> what the hell is happening here? I mean, how do we get screwed on this deal? Jason, are you going? <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> We're doing this show from Turks and Caicos. We didn't yeah. tell you guys. <laughs> Brett and I are going to Turks and Caicos, so we'll we'll. I mean, I'm sure there. there's a plane leaving sometime this week I can get on. Is Chad going? How much was your flight, Casey? My flight was like $1,000. <laughs> 
Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this? How do you not know if you're not going to Turks and Caicos oh, by knows. now next week? He, he knows already right he, now. He has a flight, but oh, somebody sure decided to add a race Sunday night. So if you can't get back in time, see ya. It's weird. I'm open. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can go. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jason, we'll just all record from Turks and Caicos. And sounds I don't, like a plan. I think our flight was uh, cheaper because I use points. So. Oh. You must be the reason I had to pay it. I've never paid this much money for a flight. I paid a thousand freaking dollars for plane tickets. For uh, one plane ticket. Yeah, we were just talking about how a flight back for, from Tulsa. For one plane ticket and how many people are going? <laughs> Six. <laughs> Six of us. Six thousand dollars to fly on a freaking plane. It's ridiculous. I should have just chartered a jet or something. Honestly, we all could have shared because Chad told family he's going. We could have gotten a jet. You guys definitely could have got a king Paid Air. less. <laughs> yeah. Probably I don't fly on years unless I have to. <laughs> you probably could have got a victory flight. Yeah, we could have. I mean, you probably could have rented going? a victory plane. Probably. I think they're like fifty-five hundred an hour. I should have just shelled that out. Well, of if we can get our money back on the flight, we should just all fly private. All right, Jason. Hey, what's up? I got nothing else. <laughs> that, hi. <laughs> wow, that's Hello. a great entrance. Good job, Jason. Oh, okay. Well, we have a ton to talk about between Atlanta and Knoxville, but maybe let's start off with Knoxville because I think by the judge of some of y'all's tweets, and I know I didn't tweet anything. TJ, it's probably a good thing. You purposely didn't tweet anything. Uh, there were there was a lot of talk Knoxville on Twitter. What did what do you guys think of the first race truck race at Knoxville? I thought the first 25 laps were amazing. I thought the heat races were great. Mm -hmm. I thought the first 25 laps of the race were great. And then the bottom lane rubbered up, and it was a fight to get to the bottom. And if you couldn't get to the bottom, you lost five spots. until you just, Or you continued to bleed off spots until you got to the bottom. And then it was just a fight for the bottom. And it was, uh, it was rooting and gouging and just guys wrecking each other. We, you know, we'll talk about later with the lack of respect in that series. But, you know, it's just, just – what happens when you get a one-lane racetrack and, and everybody has to fight for the bottom, you're going to have wrecks. Yeah, it was uh, – the beginning of the race was really good. I didn't – you're looking for lines, and you're like, okay, everyone's up top, but the bottom's kind of hanging on too, and you then you see the 42 drive to the front on the bottom, and you're like, maybe we, should, maybe we need to be on the bottom now. But very, very racy in the beginning and fun. Uh I thought um, that was my first trip to Knoxville, and the atmosphere at that place is really cool. Like, just it, it, you've never been there, right, Brett? You know, I, TJ, uh, to Iowa, me, not we've Tennessee. already got a candidate. We've already got a candidate right now for what an idiot. Whoever left Eldora to go to this place, what an idiot. I mean, I was looking forward to sideways, dirt slinging, high caliber. Dirt track racing, because I love dirt track racing. It's what I came out of in Lancaster and Chester, South Carolina. This race did not live up to the hype, man. And then what a shit show it ended up being at the end with the wreck fest that ensued. Um, I, I hate to say it, man, but when you, when you look at the world of outlaws, you look at sprint cars and the things that they're able to do at that style of racetrack, we're never going to be able to compete with that with the kind of cars and horsepower and tires that we're on. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is in the future. I don't know what these people are thinking in the future. But man, I was, uh, I was pretty. I just kept getting mad. The longer the race went, the more mad I got watching it. I think you have two choices, honestly, and they are: you have to shorten the race, and instead of stage breaks, you have to have a, a halfway break that's longer to work the track. Because, like I said, the heat races I thought were great. 
the the and that's you know they really worked the racetrack a little bit between the heats and the and the feature and the first stage was great I felt like but you could see at the end of the first stage that bottom lane was taking rubber and starting to take off I think it was Kraus and the 42 just went back to the bottom and drove right to the front um, or your option is take the damn windshields out because you could also see when the track was good for the first heat race we were already packing the noses there was the windshields are getting pretty dirty um, so if if that's the track that that is going to produce the better racing, take the damn windshields out, put the wire windshields in and, and make the racetrack good versus, you know, what we've got, you know, when we leave the windshields in, you just can't sustain the track long enough to do that. And, and the, one of the biggest things that I thought was a reason for the shish show at the end was they, they, and you hate to say this, changing the race, changing the way the rules are on the fly, but they should have went single file. And you see this in other forms of racing. I was talking to Mike Hess, who's the race director for the World Outlaws. When they have a racetrack like that that just goes straight for, you know, one lane rubbers up and one lane is so dominant, they go straight to single file restarts because of the fact that you're going to produce crashes because now everybody, instead of everybody starting in that lane, everybody's, you know, you're, t- you're too wide and now everybody's trying to fight to get in that lane and that's where you're getting your wrecks from. So I think when in you know going forward, if we had this situation again where the bottom lane rubbers up, and we saw it at the end of practice, it rubbered up and the track picked up like two seconds. Yeah. Um. You know, you have to if you have a lane that's that dominant, you have to go single file because it'll it'll cut down on the guys just trying to wedge themselves into the bottom lane and getting themselves turned, or guys pissing each other off and going back and wrecking each other. It's just it just it was a it was a recipe for disaster when you kept staying to uh, double file. TJ, TJ, you're there live. You're literally sitting there watching this race play out. To me, the end of the race looked like Martinsville, Virginia, like the way the cars, the way the trucks were handled. It did not look like we were even really at a dirt track. I think it looked worse than Martinsville. Uh, it was, it was a, it was like a Martinsville. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk about it later. What what the real issues probably were in that race, but definitely didn't. It definitely didn't um, pan out as well as I as well as I thought it would as far as like settling in we didn't have any any sort of a long run at all I think I don't know what the longest run of the race was but when you never got a chance to settle in and run 20 laps without you know having something go on and there was a you know like I said we'll talk about later there's just a huge lack of you know taking care of each other and respect in this in this race here for sure so Definitely uh, didn't turn out as good as I thought it would have. Uh, great facility, great area, great town there. Um, really fun, cool little places there. Very passionate about their sprint car stuff. Definitely worth a trip to go to. But I'm just not sure that place is built for for us. I think Casey was getting ready to touch on it. But the biggest thing I got out of this race that I thought was a home run was having Kevin Swindell in the booth calling the race. Brett, you probably, I'm sure you couldn't hear it where you were at. Or I'm sure you were probably at a bar if I had to guess. But uh, how'd you know? <laughs> just guessing. Uh, but Kevin brought a lot of insight to to you know the dirt side of everything and and kind of talked everybody through what was going on, why the tra- you know why everybody was on the bottom. And uh, I thought whoever made that decision, that was a home run he, in my book. Yeah, he did a great job. I think even in the future, having somebody from, you know, even for the Bristol dirt race, just having more from the, try and bring the dirt family together too. Um, I thought he did a great job. And I think one thing I was going to ask, you know, Michael Waltrip mentioned on the broadcast that there's not a lot that spotters can do once there's really that bottom line. I mean, 
how how did that work, TJ? For for you being there, I know you were caught up in quite a few wrecks, but how did how did it work with the spotters? Were you guys communicating a little bit more, kind of just trying to do your best? So the difference, what happens here, and this is this is this this is an issue that I saw. You have a lot of regular, you have a lot of dirt guys that ran that, like Kyle Strickler, um, some sprint car guys. They're not used to the inside. If you got if someone's in there at your bumper, they're not backing out in our stuff. In sprint cars, there the, you have to basically be at their door, and they have to, the driver has to see you because they don't have spotters to recognize that you're there. Otherwise, or you back out. So there's a lot more give and take in the dirt racing stuff. And I noticed a lot of the dirt guys not give like you could be inside of their bumper and they don't care. They just coming down anyway. Um, and that like. Uh, you know, if you're inside there, you're expecting them to to give you room, and then they don't give room, and then you they about cause a wreck. And there's a there was a lot of instances like that. But you know, I don't know. It's just it's a tough. Um, you can definitely help spot because a little bit because it's it was easy to overdrive some. So you're just trying to tell, you know be patient around the bottom, be patient, and with the you help a little bit like that and. With the honestly, you were spotting more of what was getting ready to happen in front of you. Like, oh, this guy's getting tired of this guy being down there. He's getting tired of being on the outside. He's going to make a hole eventually. So you're kind of that's what you're watching for. He's going to knock somebody up onto that the apron part, or you know, get. I don't. It's just you can tell when stuff's getting ready to happen, and that's what I found myself looking for more than anything. Was oh, this guy's this guy's about done with it. He's you know, he's there was no. There was no setting up a pass. There was you go in there, you hit them, and plow your way through and go to the next one. That's how it was. I would if I was there, I would have spent my entire race just yelling at Krause to stop running into people, please, with the fastest truck on the racetrack. Uh, but that's like TJ said. At that point, we talk about on here, you know, good spotters versus bad spotters, and and Brett likes to make the analogy of like a pilot. You don't need a great spotter until something's going wrong or something changes, and the variable here changes where. You know, we're all fighting for the same lane, so a good spotter is going to know I can or cannot get my guy down in this hole. A guy that's maybe not as good or maybe not as experienced is probably going to try and get his guy into a hole that he shouldn't be in, and and that cause a wreck. A yeah, that like I you saw. could see, you could see guys trying to wedge into holes that weren't there. Uh, now, whether or not that's the spotter, whether or not that's the you know the driver just not listening, one or the other. But you know you could see guys trying to wedge into holes. And TJ's point, I seen an interview with Brian Brown that was in the fifty one after the race, and he was talking about how uncommon it was. You know he he was almost uncomfortable with a spotter because he was going to try to get to the bottom, and the spotter was calling inside. So like it was his mind he could get down, but the spotter's telling him inside, so he didn't know what to do. Um, so but he's he, got to understand our guys aren't going to back oh, out. Yeah, like like you said, world outlaws. Even if they're there and the guy starts coming down there backing out because when they wreck. It's a hell of a wreck. You know, it's not you're not just spinning a guy out. You're probably going for a barrel roll somewhere. So, you know, they they give, they race with more respect, which again we'll get to later. But uh, you know, just I you know, the spotter side of it, I would say you just gotta be smart and know where you can put your driver where you can't. Well, I think our entire spot off spot on spot off segment is about Atlanta, but anything you guys take away from Atlanta before we head into the segment, just I'm gonna tell you what I take away. We went and did a tweet up, and our friends, uh, Mr. Gluck and Mr. Pockrass, Casey, that's what you named Bob. Yes, uh, they showed up. Probably had a couple hundred people out there, and I've got to say, all we all we hear about from Kyle Bush is KFB, and all I saw was T-shirts that said FKB. 
I've never seen so many Kyle Busch shirts in my life. I thought the first guy had his like custom made. So I'm laughing and joking with him. I look around. Hell, TJ, there are probably 10 more guys out there with that shirt on. Did you see them? I did. I didn't notice what they really said till the very end, but I did see a handful of I did see a handful of shirts that weren't very um child friendly. Well, <laughs> shout out to Kurt for for winning this race, but also, I loved hearing all the boos when Kurt said we finally be- beat Kyle. That was probably the best part of the post race. So it was the tweet up was awesome. I'm glad Gluck and and Pockers were able to break out of the tunnel in the infield that was locked for some reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was good to see everybody at the racetrack. Brett, didn't you unblock somebody? Yeah, I unblocked some dude. Man, the first thing that happened when I walked up, and he was actually wearing one of those FKB shirts and. First words out of his mouth were, hey, man, will you unblock me on Twitter? And I was like, no, nah, probably not. You must have done something <laughs> stupid. What would you do? He's like, well, I don't remember. And I was like, well, you did something stupid or I wouldn't have blocked you. So, uh, no, man, I did, I did unblock somebody. I think that's my first unblock ever. Uh, Casey, sorry you won't be the second one. I still love you, but uh, you're, you're out. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. Your life's changed, huh? Wow. My timeline is just a lot more refreshing these days. Yeah, more positive. Okay, well, on the topic of OfferPad, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor. Denny and Harrison, welcome to the OfferPad family. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited. You guys ready? You know we're ready. You know at OfferPad, we're fast too. All online, cash offer in 24 hours. But we also like to make sure that each home selling experience feels special, easy, and different. You guys look awesome. OfferPad really is different. Yeah. Awesome different. Home selling with OfferPad is awesome different. Request your free cash offer today at OfferPad.com. What a great weekend in Atlanta for our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. They had two awesome different paint schemes on Harrison Burton and Denny Hamlin's cars. Plus, you guys met a lot of great DBC fans at the OfferPad set up in the fan zone. Man, we really enjoyed seeing so many of you guys get your OfferPad t-shirts and are excited that you will now go straight to OfferPad.com to sell your home. Selling your home with OfferPad is so easy, you can have an offer within 24 hours from now. Log on to OfferPad.com right now and see what the awesome different home selling experience includes. Not only will you get a competitive cash offer in no time, but selling with OfferPad includes many perks like no showings and a free local move and much, much more. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. First topic, and this is probably the topic of the weekend, so we have quite a few sub bullets for this one, but we'll do it. We'll do a spot on spot off at Land Motor Speedway repave. Uh, Spot on, spot off, Atlanta Motor Speedway announces a track repave and repro-profile to 20 degrees of banking and a decrease in width from 55 to 40 feet in the corners. We'll start off with that one. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Oh, man, I'm nervous, y'all. I I, I don't know how y'all feel about this, but the last time I remember them repurposing a track and it going bad for them was Bristol. Uh, This is the same company. I'm a huge SMI fan, do a lot of hosting at these racetracks. Atlanta's one of my favorite racetracks on the circuit. Uh, I'm I'm spot on for repaving because, look, we got to the point that you don't really have a choice, and I'm an anti-repaver, but I am major spot off for completely reconfiguring the track. I don't know what what the end goal is here, man, but we're basing this thing off of a way a video game race. Like, I'm, I'm nervous, but 
hey, there's there's some smart people in this world, so we'll see. I mean, to me, Atlanta and Homestead are our best mile and a half. So we need to figure out how to make the new Atlanta, you know, kind of be a hybrid of those or more like one of those. I don't know why we're going down this path, Freddie. Man, like you said, unfortunately it needs it. We saw that yesterday. The track comes apart. We talked about long breaks last week and how if you get a 15-minute break, people are changing the channel. Yesterday we had a track come apart. We had a 15, 20-minute red flag to, to fix it. So we, unfortunately it needs it because you, you would hope that it, that could last forever because, like Brett said, that's one of the best. Any track that wears tires as fast as, as Atlanta does and, and produces multiple lanes of racing like Atlanta does is, is what we need in the sport. Um, but like you said, unfortunately, you know, we, we have to do it now. You know, there's just the tracks coming apart. We don't have an option. The thing that I don't understand is we go to all these other mile and a halfs now, and, and some of them are SMI tracks, a lot of them are SMI tracks, and we're spraying the racetrack with some kind of chemical, PJ1, whatever it is, to make the racetracks make more lanes of racing. And now we're going to go to one of our best mile and a halfs and take a lane away from racing. So, or take a, la- a racing lane away. I don't understand the thought process there where why, why are we adding lanes at some tracks and taking lanes away at others? Which, which one's right? You're, both, you're doing both. Which, why are we going down both paths? TJ? Uh, I'm not. It does make me nervous, too, because I look at Atlanta right now, and I see them go off into the corner, and I see they fan out and use every single lane possible. It's got a lot of character to the track as far as the seams you know you guys get on there and try to hook the hook the seams some guys can't run the seams because they're too loose you know you got so many different options at atlanta and the bottom isn't the bottom of three and four at atlanta is probably one of the harder corners to run the bottom at and it's challenging for the drivers it's a to me it's just it's a great racetrack it scares me because i look at places that have that used to have really 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 good racing like michigan texas used to be really good uh, we used to be all over all over the track at texas you know big runs off the high side guys running the bottom it, places like that you know th- those two are the two probably tracks that i think of the most where you used to be really similar to atlanta where you could just run all them lanes like michigan to me like before the repave was might have been one of the best tracks we go to as well like just the big distance on the bottom you could you know the shorter radius was a huge advantage if you could run it but the speed on the straightaway from the high side was also really good if you could get it to work and there was guys that there was guys that could run the bottom like they you know others couldn't and there's guys that could run the top like it so it made for a really it made for a really good race in my opinion i mean i don't know how many races you've done on the old michigan but brett's probably got a handful there as well but it was it was just a great racetrack and texas was very similar but it, it just it makes me nervous. Spot on, spot off. SMI doesn't consult drivers about the planned track changes. TJ. I've got a quote here, too, from Kyle Busch, Saturday post-race after his extreme win. He said, just think about it. Everybody needs to just think. There ain't nobody thinking. Brains for sale. Never used operating racetracks. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. That interview was epic. <laughs> yeah. That was. TJ, what do you think? Uh, man. <laughs> I I would probably... I wouldn't change it, first of all, but second of all, I would probably consult the guys that drive on it for thousands of laps. You know, when I say thousands of laps, I mean many thousands of laps. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't get how we can have the, the – Gluck tweeted yesterday how they have a media bullpen now with the top 20 in points, and 
they every guy was asked if they were consulted about the new reconfiguration, and one guy said yes, Kurt Busch. Maybe they consulted with him because he knew we were going to go out there and wax our asses yesterday. But uh, hopefully he said, "Don't change it now." <laughs> um, you know, I don't understand how you have the guys that put on the show in your sport. Uh, that you don't talk to them about what the track need. You know, if you're going to do a reconfiguration, why would you not talk to the guys that race on it? Like TJ said, thousands and probably hundreds of thousands of laps sitting in that garage on that racetrack to where it's just a wealth of knowledge that whether you whether you want to whether you take their advice or not still talk to them. You know, like it sounds like there was not even any kind of discussion with any of the drivers. So, I mean, if we're basing it off iRacing, and I don't know, I, I'm assuming the guys at iRacing didn't design the racetrack. Somebody at NASCAR or SMI designed the racetrack, and iRacing just implemented it and, and built whatever they wanted. Uh, but, you know, I, I just don't understand how you don't include the guys that are putting on the show for you. Here's, here's your million-dollar question. You all know a bunch of drivers. Casey knows a lot of drivers. I know a lot of drivers. You two know a lot of drivers. Give me, tell me one driver that's ever said, I don't like Atlanta. I don't like going to Atlanta. I don't like to race in Atlanta. Atlanta's an awful racetrack. Tell me one. You can't. You know why? Because it's a great freaking racetrack. Now, here you are, to you guys' point, you're going to go off down this path without any driver endorsements, really, and then you're going to end up in a situation like we were in years ago. I'll never forget. I was sitting on the back of a golf cart at Michigan, speak of Michigan, TJ, and they had a driver's-only meeting. And out walks Tony Stewart by himself. And I'm like, you guys know how driver's meetings are. When they break up, everybody leaves. Tony walks out. He walks a couple hundred yards. He walks by me. And I said, where's everybody else? He said, I'm sick of listening to that they had a drivers-only meeting to tell them to stop being and saying negative things about the sport. But when you go down this path, you're hearing all this negativity out of the drivers this week because you're taking away one of their favorite racetracks in the country and you're replacing it with what sounds like an unknown gimmick. So they're mad, and they're telling you they're mad. They're mad about a lot this week. I've never seen our drivers so outspoken on so many different topics in one single week as we have for the past few days, man, they're on their soapboxes, and I personally like it. But if you want positive things to be said about your product, Atlanta Motor Speedway, have the guys who are going to be publicly speaking and be your ambassadors on Saturday and Sunday when they race on it involved in the conversation. It's really not that hard for Mark Smith to pick up the phone. He said he consulted drivers. I honestly thought he probably only talked to Dell Jr. And Dell Jr., God bless him. He's an awesome guy, but he's not a race car driver anymore. He's a former race car driver. So you got to consult with the guys because you need them to like what you're about to do with this racetrack, and they're pissed off they weren't consulted. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Continuing our repave topic, SMI track record of track reconfiguration. Uh, Denny Hamlin tweeted last week, the same group reconfigured Texas, Kentucky, and Bristol with zero driver input. One of those lost a race. Other one we don't race anymore. And last one we put dirt over it. But hey, what do the drivers know? <laughs> what do you think about what your boss said, Freddie? Well, you know what? I, Danny's always right. Uh, 
you know, I remember I was around for I wasn't around for the Bristol when they reconfigured Bristol, but I was a fan still of the sports. So they got to watch the races and they took what was a great racetrack where it was, you know, the the bump and run was you know inevitable. Everybody ran around the bottom and and I thought it was great racing and they kind of just moved that lane to the top lane and kind of took away a lot of the bumping and banging and everybody they you know, it's a little bit it's not as bad as when we went to I remember the first time we went to Texas we couldn't make a lap of practice. You remember? Like, I think it was like McMurray was the first one to go out. Yeah, he went into turn, and turn one. Turn one, turn one, spun think, right out. Like, I don't think he came back yet. Yeah. I think he's still going. I think Danny was the next one. Danny went out there and, you know, he made a lap and then he got a little bit off the bottom and spun right out. So I just, you know, that, that was another place that I, I assume wasn't consulted with the drivers. Kentucky was the same thing. I remember Jimmy Johnson getting high in three and four. Jimmy Johnson now, like, Jimmy Johnson, like probably the best driver of our era, just got a little bit high in three and four and spun out, you know, all by himself. You know, it's just some of this stuff is, uh, you know, like Danny I'll said. I'll tell you who else is high. The other people that are high, whoever's making these decisions. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Danny. Danny hit uh, hit the bullseye with this one, I think. Brett, what do you think? Spot on. I mean, I look, man. Uh, the best part about Twitter is I feel like we get to read people's text messages to other people. You know what I mean? And to me, this was a text message that Denny Hamlin would have sent to one of his driver buddies. But instead, uh, all of us got to read it. So spot on for uh, for us having that access and spot on for what he said. I mean, it, it, these guys aren't wrong. I, I mean, and, and they want a voice. They want a voice. I mean, they're putting their lives on the line out there. They're doing a big-time job. They're representing a lot of Fortune 500 companies, and they feel like they're not being included. TJ? Yeah, I, I hate to spot on something Denny does, but <laughs> the tracks that the tracks that we had were good, man. We had some great racetracks, and now they just don't have that. We always said, oh, well, we just got to wait for Michigan. We just got to weather a little bit. Well, it's been weathering for a long time. <laughs> when was the repave? I want to say it was like my first or second year, like 14 or 15 maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's still it's still weathering, you know, but I don't know. Hey, he's got a lot of solid points. TJ, this one is for you since you know quite a bit about it. Spot on, spot off, the use of iRacing to design. Uh, Kevin Harvick said this yesterday. This is the first time that everybody's had the plan pitched on them three days before the race and said, iRacing designed this. I've been in some really, really horrific iRacing events where the track drives nothing like cars and it's not anything personal against iRacing. You wouldn't design an airplane and go fly it with passengers in it before you tested it. You know, I'm I'm kind of spot off because I think people are – I think they're taking this wrong because I don't think iRacing was just giving the de- was just giving the the coordinates to build this thing. They weren't like they weren't consulted like, hey, what do you guys think would be a great racetrack? What do you guys think would be a you know a great uh, product for the for the fans? It was like here the here are the details. We need you to build this. Let us know when it's done. That's that's the interpretation that I got from it. Um, I think Steve Myers from iRacing actually sent out a tweet saying something real similar, like, hey, we're just giving the detail. We didn't, we were consulted about this, but it was like, hey, Freddie, can you make this for us? This is what I want right here. It wasn't, what do you think about this? What's your ideas? Like, they didn't consult them like that. It was, can you build this here? You know, so I don't, I don't think it's fair for, you know, for Kevin. And he probably didn't know either right there. He probably didn't know. So it's, it's like being handed a picture, asking somebody, "All right, can you trace this picture for me?" You trace a picture, and then they get on your case because, "Oh, that come out like that's ugly as hell," you know. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's like it's not iRacing. iRacing, like DJ said, they're just handed 
all right, build this for me. And they they can they have the ability to do that. And that's been done with Chicago. Yeah, so. I was going to say, and, like, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, they can – they use that, like you said, to, to design a street course. And we probably use it in the, in the future to design more street courses. And I think that's a good way to get a look at something. They're gonna, I'm sure they're going to use it. Maybe this. they should use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I think I think I think is you know as long as you're not going to iRacing and telling them, okay, you guys design me a racetrack. Yeah, here no, you go. You don't want to do that. iRacing but, Super you Speedway. Know, if you have ideas, like I think I'm sure they're going to use it for this California reconfiguration. Um, you know, and it's a good. I, I think it's a good tool to use to test stuff. Obviously, it's hard to to test something that we've never been on. Obviously. But you know, I, I, like you said, I think iRacing is getting a lot of grief here for no reason. Where, where they're just building something that Marcus or NASCAR handed them. Would you rather play at a golf course that Tiger Woods designed or a golf course that TJ Majors designed? That's my question. iRacing is not at fault here; they're a resource, just like everything else is. But the reality is, SMI has a lot of money. Bruton Smith is a billionaire with a B. And they've got a lot of resources, and they're not using some of the easiest resources they can get to, which is a text or a phone call to their drivers, to their owners. Find out what those guys want because they're the ones that are going to have to sell this thing. I racing didn't do anything wrong in this. I think the drivers are just grumpy, and, and their panties are in a wad, and they got a right to be. So wait a minute. You don't want a, a Ferris wheel in the middle of the fairway? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, do. I don't want to play putt-putt. I want to play golf. I you, you look like something they built at Myrtle Beach. Hey, I, did, the, the I didn't say windmill. Windmill's always on the uh, – <laughs> the windmill's what you always got to get That sounds like fun to me. I'll do it. I played – I hit a ball out of a out of the – what was it, the median at Myrtle Beach? You remember that? Yes, <laughs> I do remember that. Right off of Highway 17, Freddie's fat ass is out there walking around with a golf club. I'm like, well, this is epic. I videoed it. I got to find that video. I'll just read it. And then you're going to share that story, right? Yeah. Oh, we can share any story from Myrtle Beach. The Columbia ones aren't going to happen. <laughs> You hit the golf ball in the median of the highway. Yeah, I was in the middle of the highway. I hit a golf ball, landed on the green. I was amazed. <laughs> like the so the green, I was probably fifty yards to the left of the green, but I was in the middle. I was there's a you know a, a four lane highway, two lanes each side with a grass median, and I hit the ball out of the grass median. How many cars were driving by giving you the finger? Uh, 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 He's in Myrtle Beach. There's no traffic <laughs> down there. What do you mean cars? <laughs> People. Oh, uh, uh, continuing driver's feedback on the repave. Spot on, spot off, wanting pack racing with a tighter track and less grip like the old surface. So Bob Pockers tweeted last week that NASCAR would do a friction test at Atlanta this week, and then the hope is to go back after the repave and see how close it can be matched. In response to that, Denny Hamlin tweeted, so they are trying to replicate the surface with new pavement, but want pack racing. I'm as confused as the other 35 drivers about this deal. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Damn. There's five guys that don't even consider drivers out there. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yes, we knew that. Man, that sucks. Yeah, we, um, you didn't know that? Should we name them? <laughs> should we name them? No, no we probably should name them. Um, I mean, look, man, uh, I just look at Michigan, and, and TJ brought it up. I, it wasn't top of mind for me today, but I look at Michigan, and that was an amazing racetrack, and it still sucks after the repave. So I hope whoever the brainiacs are that are behind this thing can get it right because I said at the beginning of this ses- session, I'm, I'm truly concerned. I'm worried. I'm nervous. Um, I mean, all these things we're, we're going over right now just reinforces it. But, but let me tell you something, man. Atlanta did something really smart uh, last week, and, and when I first read it, I was kind of like, why would you announce right now you're going to do a repave? But then – I had a conversation with somebody at SMI who's a smart, a lot smarter than I am. 
And I asked him why, and he said, we did it because we're hoping that some people will come out to the track to watch the last ever race on this configuration of Atlanta Motor Speedway. And ironically, I had two fans at the tweet up say to me, the only reason we came today is because you tweeted this is the last chance we'll ever get to see this racetrack in this shape, in this form, in this format. So um, shout out to Atlanta for doing that. I thought that was a great move because otherwise I was like, man, I just don't understand the marketing behind saying I want the story to be about the race this week. Well, what they made it about was, hey, this is the last time you can see this here. But um, look, Atlanta is an important market for us it's in the heart of the southeast. Obviously, Atlanta, the city, is, is huge. It's 35 minutes from the city. We, we need this racetrack to do good. And, and I go back to what Ryan McGee said yesterday. If Atlanta's so great, why are the stands not full? And even when it wasn't running July, you know, or, or, or whatever, and in, in 150-degree heat, what it looked like you guys were standing up there in, I was glad I was in AC. Um, for whatever reason, we aren't selling tickets to that place. So you got to try something new, I guess. It's also got a gigantic grandstand, too, though. So, I mean, it's got more grandstands there than a lot of places huge you know i think we've been asking on here for years for them to make tj's been one of the, the leading proponents of this to make a surface that is abrasive you know make pave a track with whatever you used at homestead or or you know darlington uh it'll be interesting to see if they can repl- replicate that but at the same time uh you know we're you're st- it's still going to be super dependent on goodyear in my opinion because now you're going to go back here and no matter what surface you have, the speeds, I'm sure, are going to be up. Speeds are going to be higher. So Goodyear's going to have to build a harder tire. And the harder the tire they build, one, the tire doesn't wear as well as, you know, probably what we're running in Atlanta now. And two, the you need to make your cars work harder to make that harder tire work harder. So, you know, to, to just build heat and get grip out of the tire. So I, I don't I don't know. I think that I think no matter what you do, no matter what surface you build, you're gonna you're gonna hurt the racing that that we've had there in the past. Well, Freddie, your boss had a lot to say this week because this next one is given a quote a, a direct quote from him. Spot we should on- have Denny on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Is this Denny bumper clear? I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah. Spot on, spot off. Given next gen car safety concerns this week, Denny Hamlin said these drivers need to get organized because their safety is at risk. They need to know what they're getting strapped into, so they need to get organized. They need to have a voice. Spot on, spot off. Freddie. I mean, I don't know how you can argue with it. Uh, I saw another direct quote from him that's saying he's been asking questions, two different questions at multiple times, and cannot get an answer from anybody. And that this is, you know, one of this is your point leader or close to the point lead, wherever he's at right now. Uh, and if he can't get answers, you know, how is that not concerning? You know, we. You know, I'll be honest, for the last three or four weeks, me, Brett, TJ have talked about it. We heard they killed dummies. You know, that was the rumor. Whether or not it's just a rumor or whatnot, they came out and kind of tried to dispel it this week. But the rumor was they killed dummies in the sled test. Uh, I The rumor was last week that they did not kill the dummy in the Talladega test. But I also heard that it didn't exactly go how they wanted. Maybe it didn't reach the speeds that they wanted when it by, by the time it hit the wall. So and this is all, again, you're hearing this through the grapevine, all rumors, but... You know, this just the fact that they're sending out this information to a third party to for them to analyze it versus just the NASCAR people, I think tells you that that should probably throw up a red flag that there's something going on here that they're concerned about and that the drivers have every right to be concerned about. Newsflash racing is dangerous. Newsflash two, drivers don't want to die. Newsflash three, we don't need our athletes dying, right? So, I mean, that's this is all common sense things. Um, I, I think, when we look back at Dale Jr., I said this about when he made that comment about the Xfinity Series pricing versus cup pricing. He did that for a reason. It was to draw attention to it. 
Uh, Denny and these guys are doing this for a reason. It's because they're not getting their questions answered behind closed private conversation doors. So guess what? They're open Pandora's box on the safety side of this new car publicly. And, and I think we were probably one of the first ones to touch on the concerns being present uh, a couple months ago. I mean, we talked about the crash test that was coming. And, and here we are. These guys are obviously not super confident in what they're hearing and seeing, so they're going to raise their hands. Our sport's a lot different, man. If this is MLB, if this is NFL, they got players' unions that are going to be bringing. they got a seat at the table on every major decision that's made around things like this. Our sport is not like that. It's, it's NASCAR's bat, their ball, their field, and they invite you to come race. It's an invitational series. So, um, I, I, again, this is a week where I've never seen so many guys be so vocal on so many big topics. Huh. I think I'll leave that one to go. <laughs> I was about to I'll say. tell you what. I mean, I, we're all on the same page. I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb right now it's and say limb. it's a big limb. It's a, it's a full-blown <laughs> It's a big tree. It's a big tree. It's a stump. You should just say I'm willing to go out on a tree. <laughs> I'm willing to go out on a tree. A forest. If, if, and I still think this is a big if right now, if we run this next-gen car, it's not full-time next year. I think you're going to see it roll out like the COT did, where it's certain racetracks, road courses maybe, short tracks, something like that. I don't think we run this car full-time next year. If we run it at all. people can't get parts or because of safety. Uh, I think probably a mixture of a lot of things. I think safety is probably the main concern. I think that parts are probably a main concern, but I just right now there's a delay on chassis because they're waiting on the safety, you know, the, the the results of the safety test to come back. I just I just don't see there, right now. This is I think this is the time to punt. I think there's a lot going on right now, and this is the time to step back and punt. Uh, but I think that I think just the way I think it's playing out, I don't see us running this car. I see us potentially running this car, but I don't see us running this car full time next year. TJ, anything else you want to add, or are you just going to... No, just checking out the <laughs> size of that limb. <laughs> <laughs> spot on, spot off. Kyle Bush says Ross Chastain's interference as Kyle batted, battled Kurt for the win shows you what kind of driver he is. TJ, do you have anything on this one? I have not seen this yet. I was, we were. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, yeah, you did. You saw it in March when you did it to, for Blaney to win. Don't say you hadn't seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. We just running our race. Um, we had a, we actually had a right front coming apart right in front of you. I know. At the end, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we had a right front coming apart, and we were, we had a lot of things happen. Loose wheels. You had front. an eventful day. It was a, it was a rough day, but, uh, look, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't, how bad was it? Did he turn down on him or just ride his? I mean, if the guy listen, doesn't, I have didn't to see move. it either. Uh, I just texted TJ a video. I'll send to you too, Freddie. Um, I saw him in front of him. You know, and, it, and it, Kyle made it sound like he pulled up in front of him. I mean, Ross has got a lap car in front of him here. He's going to the middle. Then it's, he, it's then he should go back. Three. Yeah, then he should go back up here. He stays down. He's going to go up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, it, it Kyle is one hundred percent right. Spot on for that because it does show what kind of driver Ross is. He's a good teammate. Oh, <laughs> you know look at that. Look at that push. He's, too. he's like, oh yeah. He, I mean, he's doing what he has to do to help his teammate win the race. You're, honestly, I don't know what he, they passed the double there, zero. I think there's more to it than that because there was. It's a little. It started. Go, it started I, I it was a couple laps, started, but it started a little hey, bit. Oh, earlier. like okay, right there. Do like, y'all remember who won the race the day before? The day before, yep. yeah, yeah, I do actually, but yeah, yeah, it was Kyle Busch, right? Yep, dude, you you remember where Kyle Busch finished yesterday? Yeah. Yep. Second. 
Cry me a fucking river, dude. Cry <laughs> me a fucking river. You hey. never win in anything. It sucks to be you. Man, Kyle, get out, smile, and say it was awesome to race my brother. Like, yes. just, I mean, honest to God, I felt like I was in 1999 right now for some reason watching the race. It was Kyle versus Kurt. It felt old school. One's running the bottom, one's running the top. It was an awesome freaking race. So don't get out fucking crying when you made a ton of money all weekend doing what you love to do, representing one of the best companies in the world, M&M's. He's in a Skittles car. I love Skittles. I've been to the Skittles plant in Texas. Just man, get out. Just get out and be positive for once, please. Let me tell you something. My favorite part about this is if the roles are reversed and that's Kurt leading and Kyle's catching them and they're catching fucking Christopher Bell, Kyle's going to expect Christopher Bell to do the same thing. You know, so if, if that's the way, I mean, maybe he's going to say he doesn't, but like if Christopher just rolls over, Kyle's not going to be happy about that. Uh, my favorite part about this whole thing was Ross gets out of the car. And he's like denying it. Oh, I didn't do nothing, you know. I was like, I was just out there racing, you know. Kurt X at the bottom. Kurt gets out of the car and he's like, "What an awesome block Ross threw! That was amazing." <laughs> Ross, uh, Ross busted through a good one there. I mean, I don't look, man. Ross runs his race right there, and if he's run, if he stays in the same line that he's been running, if the caution comes out, they have a good pit stop. He gains a couple and gets a good restart. He gets five more. That's a big swing, man. Like uh, you just. I don't know. I, we we talk about how great Atlanta is, how you can race all over the place. I promise you, no matter how great Ross Chastain is, he can only block one lane. So if you, there's five lanes of racing, there's plenty of room to get around him if you can. But you know, just because he's in the lane that you want to be in isn't his fault. And his teammate's going for a win. So, I mean, I don't really think Ross is in the wrong here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spot on, spot off. Carson Hosevar says there's no respect. Everyone runs 110% and is out for themselves in the truck series. And everyone from the dirt community is going to point at us and laugh after the race at Knoxville Raceway. Spot on, spot off. Brett. Well, I mean, he ain't wrong. You know, uh, I guess I'm spot on for for somebody like him coming out and, and making that statement about you know, the way they all represented themselves. I mean, he's kind of MFing his, his peers there. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I saw a tweet where there was a huge wreck in a truck race on asphalt, uh, and it looked just like the big truck race or truck wreck there on dirt, man. At, at the end of the day, guys, I hate to say this, man. I thought I thought something about Eldora was special, and I felt like it was almost a truck series Daytona 500 version 2.0 for some reason. And, and this whole week leading up to Knoxville and the race itself – Man, I just I just didn't get the warm and fuzzy. So if we can't go back to Eldora, I, I hate to say this, take dirt off the schedule. Well, the problem is, and this is what we talked about here leading up to this race or when we heard Eldora was coming off the schedule, the first race at Eldora was not amazing. You know what I mean? There was a single lane around the top, and you all had to fight for the top because that's where the preferred lane was. But as time went on, whatever it was there, four or five years of racing there, we got the track way better. You could race all over the place, and and that was Tony and his guys just working with the surface and seeing how it went the year before. But now we we just erased those five years of data for or you know for TJ's sake, um, 
and we started all over again. So maybe in five years the racing will be great in Knoxville, but why did we leave a place that the racing was already great as well? I'll never understand. And to, to host, host of ours point, he's 100% right. It was ridiculous. I, my guy was probably the leading candidate. I, he, I, was, I was watching the race, screaming at my television to please stop running into people because <laughs> I knew he had the best truck, and I knew he was probably going to cost himself the race just by how aggressive he was being, how aggressive the guys around him were being. Listen, you can't, you can't run into people and expect to finish the race because, one, you're either going to hurt your car while you run into them, chop or you're going to chop down on somebody cut your left rear tire which he did or or you're going to run into the wrong guy and and he's going to pay you back at some point which is what happened to Derek where Derek ran into the you know he ran a two car or two truck around earlier in the race and the two is the one that punted him off the bottom to where he was coming trying to come back down to the 99 and got his flat so like there's just a lack of respect in that series all the way around and it's I don't know what it is. You, every, you know, you see all the rich kid tweets. Well, Derek's not a rich kid. You know, he's out there driving for Bill McAnally. Um, but it's, it's just like you know, TJ sees it every week. Brett, you're not, you're not spotting that series. But they just, you know, there's no give in that series at all. I, I what, might be, I might be soon. <laughs> that's what I heard. Oh, uh, please share. He's not spotting a truck. I promise you. <laughs> um, but like TJ, you know, he'll see it. Like. Just guys on each other's door constantly or blocking constantly, running into each other constantly. It's just they, they have to figure out how to race better around each other. But, man, I, I'm telling you, like, I turned on that freaking SRX race at Slinger. Like, that's an awesome-looking racetrack. I want to see one of our series go there, and I don't even care which one. I, Knoxville just didn't do it for me, man. I'm sorry, TJ. I, I know you were there. I know you probably wanted to be excited about it, but at the end of the day, man, it, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I think – he Carson's 100% right here. We have guys that, and it, it it goes across the board as well to me because we had some instances where you wanted to be on the bottom on restarts. Well, I'm 15th in line. The 14th truck decided that he didn't want to start on the outside. He wanted to start on the inside. So when they say one to go, he just stays on the bottom and screws the entire lineup up from their back. And I go down to the spotter and I'm like, hey, you know, you're supposed to be on the top. And he goes, I know. I'm like, well, I mean, it goes across the board, though. Like, we all, like, I don't know. It's just aggravating that people, you intentionally mess things up for your own, like, you're intentionally screwing people. And it's just how it is on restarts, man. Like, if you're outside, you're outside. It's just how racing has always been, right? I mean, we, look, how many times has the Kosh come out and you've been like, oh, man, I'm third at Bristol and the outside's going to roll? You know, like, if it, that's just, uh, just how the cards are played out. But you see guys, um, you know, we had guys come in there, dirt guys, and one guy got behind us one time. And literally, you're just trying to ride around and finish that race. We weren't, we weren't knocking people out of the way. We're just trying to finish the race because everyone just kept wrecking. So we're like, let's just be smart here. Just let everyone else take care of themselves. Well, we get guys behind us, and every corner you're getting hit down the straightaway. The rear tires are picked up on restarts. On one restart, we had we take the green. We immediately have we're immediately three wide leaving turn four way before the start finish line because some, and nothing's done about it it's just it's a respect thing across the board as far as like drivers and and uh even spotters too man like you're intentionally changing the race on purpose so another reason they should have just went single file yeah is there something you would say nascar can step in on i wouldn't i don't know about the, co- uh, the, the running the, into each other the, but the restart the stuff aggravated me because you know what it's like i mean if you're 14 if you were third if you were 15th you were probably going to end up about thirteenth or so before the next caution. Then you then you're eleventh or something like that. So you, 
you use them that advantage that you have, you know, who knows, you might be an, an even number after that, but you know, it, it aggravates me that you can manipulate the restarts like that in the back and not have any repercussions for it. Or I mean, there's three or four of us at the NASCAR official, hey, this guy's on the bottom, he's supposed to be on the top, still coming to the green. Like, we I don't know why we why like when you see th- people three wide back there, why you don't say, okay, wait a minute, what's going on back here? Hold, you know, hold the one to go. Let's figure this out. This truck, if you do it again, you're going to the back of the field. You know what I mean? We don't black flag enough drivers. I, I agree with you on that, man. Like, we're way too patient on some of the restart stuff. The three wide coming to the green is ridiculous. Post these guys, put them in the back, make them do a pass through on the green. They'll quit. They'll listen then. It was multiple restarts in a row this driver decided to do that. Like, multiple restarts that he decided, no, nah, I'm going to start on the bottom. I, 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 I tweeted two words, and it was David Hoops during that race, and that's why, because he wouldn't have put up with that crap. Jimmy Jackin. Quit your Jimmy, Jimmy Jackin. Quit your Jimmy Jackin. Contact between teammates Kyle Busch and Daniel Hemrick sends Hemrick up the track and into the wall on a late restart as Busch goes on to win in the last scheduled Xfinity Series start of his career. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. <laughs> this f***ing guy can't win a race. I mean, I feel so <laughs> He had another one in the bag, I felt like. He was the best car at the end. Had Kyle Busch beat, which is very hard to do in the Xfinity series, no, obviously. Not not really. <laughs> and then just gets and, and Kyle didn't do anything wrong. Kyle's trying to get that bottom lane rolling and give him a shove. And it just for whatever reason, however they lined up, it kind of shot him up into AJ and, and hooked the Hemrick into the fence. And how can you say Kyle did nothing wrong? He wrecked him. He's pushing him. What do you want to what if you're on the pole and the guy in third place behind you, what are you going down to tell him? I mean, that, that what are you going down to tell him? That evidently wasn't us the rolling. best spot to be pushing. Okay. But every other time, if you're any restart, you watch. If you go on the roof and stand behind us, and whoever the ter- front two cars are on the front row, say it's me and TJ, I'm going to go down to who's ever behind me in line and say, hey, man, push the hell out of us. We'll get this line rolling. TJ's going to do the same thing. Push the hell out of us. Get this line rolling. That's all Kyle was trying to do was give him a shove to get him out well, in front that's of AJ. Well, story. I, I, the push, yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like, you, that's what you got to do. But somebody's got to be at fault here. No, I don't think so. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's trying to get that bottom lane rolling. He's giving him a shove. Unfortunately, however they got lined up, maybe he was offset a little bit coming out of that dog leg, but he gives him a shove, and unfortunately, instead of propelling him forward, it propels him to the right into AJ and hooks him into the fence. I think it, there's a there's a bump there, in the, like off the wall in the one there. There's a little bit of a like a swell on the track. And I think they, I think they just hit right there. But yeah, I, I mean, mean, you can't if you got to put it on somebody though. You got to put it on Kyle more. Yeah, than I mean, if you're going to place blame on anybody, I guess it's Kyle. But there, I just don't see how you're blaming anybody in that situation. I mean, they asked Hemrick after the race, and he said, "No, Kyle, yeah. he's just trying I to mean, get it, me going. He's trying to shove him into the lead, but it just sucks that Daniel got I the mean, bad end of it. We had the game. same thing happen to us at Darlington. Elliott was leading the race, and uh, Logano started behind us. And the way he got lined up with us, man, it shot us to the right. We ended up wrecking and. Uh, we were going to win that race. So, I mean, this is just part of racing. But I just want you guys to all know this. Daniel Hemrick is arguably the nicest guy I've ever been around. He is always smiling. Will go out of his way to say hello to you. Um, he He's a genuinely nice guy. And to Freddie's point, and he just cannot close a freaking deal to save his life. And I, I feel like his win is coming, and everybody's chances of winning just went up with Kyle Busch running his last race. So, uh, farewell, Kyle. Some people may want you back. Some people may not want you back. But I can tell you, 
you made this series a lot better. Uh, I don't think you competed against some of the greatest talents uh, that a lot of guys did, like when Mark Martin and Jeff Burton and all those guys were running double duty back in the day. But, um, I mean, the, the he, he, he definitely is part of the show. I mean, look at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Without Kyle Busch out there, that race probably wouldn't have been as good as it was. I mean, you're talking 102 Xfinity wins in like 360 starts or something like that. That's Sing. that's ridiculous. Nobody, I don't think anybody will be able to top that no, for there's quite no, a while. There's what no, is, I think it's like 49 is the. Yeah, there's nobody ever. Oh, Martin's got a Mark Martin's got a ton, but uh, there's nobody ever getting to 100 again. No, no time soon. I don't think. I don't. I don't see how you could. Um, but you know, it's. I wish he didn't win because that would have meant we would have won. But uh, so let was, me ask you this: If those roles were reversed, does he give the same interview? No, hell no. <laughs> you know he'll you know he'll cry and whine like he always does. But I mean, I don't know. This Hemrick, I so we land. I was we fly in the JGR plane, so I land with Hemrick, and I'm we're rolling through the uh, rental car line, and I'm like, can you please just not screw this up today? Because I want to see this kid win so badly. And I, you know, honestly, you know, I I think that. I think Daniel Hemrick will be in the final four. He's going to win a race at some point this year. Like, he has to. Like, there's no way he doesn't. I've been saying that all year. But, you know, I would not surprise me one bit to see him in the final four race for a championship when we get to Phoenix. Mike Harmon tells Kyle Weatherman we're here to race, drive the piss out of the fucking car when Weatherman Thing. stayed out and restarted as the leader with 11 to go. TJ, spot on, spot off. How many tires? How many last run them tires? Uh, probably 15, 20. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a uh, very risky move. Um, very, very risky move. But it, it's not – we've seen it before. I mean, it's people do this in that position. This team does it in that position. This there, People do this in that position. You're hoping your guy – Where I don't know where he was running before this. It was probably – Outside the top 10. Yeah, I was going to say 17th, eight, 17th, 20th, something like that. If he gets in line and ends up – you know, twelfth, it's a win for them guys. But it, which probably would have happened had had an accident or, or uh, you know a malfunction occurred in the car with the shifter deal, he was going to probably slip back there and finish where he did where he was running. But when you put yourself in these situations and something goes wrong, this is this is the result of it. You have a fairly decent sized wreck with leaders up front and and. Um, uh, gives us something to talk about. This this was my one idiot for, you know, I thought I had one after Knoxville. Then I thought I had another one, you know, leading into the weekend. And then this happens in the Xfinity race. And, and my one idiot goes to Mike Harmon, you know, because this is your equipment. You know, you're, there's no possible outcome here aside from getting your car wrecked. Obviously, they had a shifter problem and, you know, he got ran over even worse. But this is, I mean, you're, you're talking about a probably 75, 80% chance that your car is getting wrecked by restarting him in front of 20 other guys on fresher tires or at least colder tires. Um, and it's just – and not to mention, like you said, he's running in the top 20. He's not like he was in contention for the win before this. Um, just – listen, Kyle Weatherman is a super talented race car driver. What he's done in the 47 car this year compared to what that car's done in years past and even the end of last year is leaps and bounds better than where they've been running. And, you know, I, I put a little bit on him because he should have known better. You know, whether Mike's on there yelling at him to do this, drive the shit out of it, whatever it was, Kyle should have known better and say, hey, listen, man, I'm going to the back. You know, I'm not getting myself run over. I'm not getting myself. We talk about on here all the time with spotters and, and cars maybe they shouldn't be spotting for. Now it's talking about drivers. 
don't put yourself in a position where you're going to look like an idiot because that's what they did on Saturday, unfortunately. And Kyle Weatherman's better than that. Kyle Weatherman's a, a very talented race car driver, and and he should have known better. What an idiot! That's what Freddie's exactly right. He was my what an idiot too. Uh, this is a very unfortunate situation, and we're talking about Kyle Weatherman for a reason that we wouldn't want to be talking about him. So uh, bad, bad, bad situation, and. I hate it happen. I hate it wrecked our off-pad car. Sucked. Spot on, spot off. Chase Elliott becomes the first Cup Series driver to compete in the Superstar Racing Experience and will race in the finale at Nashville Fairgrounds this weekend. Brett? I wish I was going. Man, that uh, that sounds like it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. I mean, we want to go back, the Cup Series, to get it back to that racetrack. So, to me, man, this is a great uh, chance. Well, what's the difference in SRX racing there and us racing there from a neighborhood perspective? I, I mean, it's know, race yeah. cars. They make noise. Yeah, that's that woman's <laughs> that lady's dog. So, <laughs> your lady who owns her own apartment, which I've never heard of to this day, <laughs> happen either. That's how much of a brainiac she is. So, yeah, man, I think it's a great. To me, it's a, it's a test, and if this works, NASCAR better get it together. And hey, let's go cup racing there. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty good at Slinger too. <laughs> yeah. Are we uh? How do we not put Paul Tracy's Instagram? Have you seen that? Yes. You, yeah, you got to read Paul Tracy's Instagram you see story. Somebody, somebody sent it to us, I think. It's like he's got – there's tons of them now. He's, like He's going like every individual like <laughs> slide. Like, look, one, feet, one foot off the line, two feet off the line, wheel turn to the right. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, Paul Tracy's probably the, the – comic relief of that series but it's for one going back to chase here it's going to be awesome to see chase race against bill i don't know that they i think they were supposed to do this in an xfinity race and i don't think they got to for some reason i don't remember if they it ran was a road course it, yeah it was road america did they race against each other i thought they, i thought i thought something happened where maybe chase didn't race or something i know bill did but i yeah, don't remember bill race. i know bill did. did but i don't remember I, th- I feel like something happened where chase couldn't race or something um but it'll be awesome to see that and like we talked about, you know, the short tracks, Slinger was a great race. Stafford was a great race. Um, you know, I, I think this is where the trucks need to be. You know, I said this before. What what did all they talk about during the SRX race? Was that Luke Fenhouse kid? Imagine that kid is in a truck at Slinger. You know, you, imagine Doug Kobe's in a truck at Stafford. That's all the story's going to be about. And, it, and you need to take this truck series back to tracks that have weekly series racing to where these guys can get in a truck and go out there and compete and be the feel-good story of the event. So I know we've talked a few times about SRX and the NASCAR dynamic and whether they like each other, don't like each other, the whole Tony Stewart deal. What do we think, you know, do we see now that, SRX is well into their season, um, well, really the end of the season. Do we see NASCAR working well with SRX in the future? Do you see more drivers coming and racing <laughs> SRX, or is this a hard no? I think it's, it's probably a hard no. <laughs> I don't think I don't see them working together. I mean, I don't think it's not even we're not. It's two totally different things yeah. here. I mean, it's and you're not. Uh, I'm just glad that they're not. NASCAR's not blocking our drivers from going over there and racing. We've seen Haley do it. Obviously, now we're going to see Chase do it. So that's good that some of the more popular names in our sport are going over there. Maybe you know, maybe somebody that's following Tony Stewart and just wants to see this SRX racing now. Maybe they can follow Chase back to us, or or you know, oh wow, I really like that Haley Deegan girl. What she do? You know, oh she runs truck races. I'll go watch truck races. I'd like to see them add about six more cars to that field. <laughs> I, I I'd like to see that too. But I think you guys are missing the uh, the obvious here, man. I mean, how cool would it be for Marco Andretti to leave SRX and come to NASCAR? Um, how cool would it be for Francis to leave SRX and come to NASCAR? Like there are some, it, there's only two kinds of drivers in these fields. It's like 
the the super uh, successful drivers in their in their different forms of racing or drivers who have a high level of marketability, like a Haley Deegan. So, man, for for me to see some of those names, young guys that are over there, um, or some of them not, not even that young, like I think it's an opportunity for them to do the crossover because they're showing, hey, we can drive something that's very similar to a stock car in these SRX cars. Give us a shot in Xfinity Series or give us a shot in trucks. I can see that happening. I don't know if you guys watched all the race and they did a lot of panovers with the crowds, but if you saw some of the shirts these fans were wearing, I mean, every single sport, which I think is so cool and something you don't see very often where it brings together all of motorsports. And um, I-, I hope it continues to do that well, well as well. I think they only have like two races left. Or I think something, this is the but... finale. Oh, is it the this finale? Is the last the last race. Okay, because they're not going to have any cars left. Years, before we shift gears, I got to ask TJ a question because he's he's often opinionated, but he's also often politically correct. And I want to mm. hear your take on this, TJ, because I'm watching the race yesterday. Out, <laughs> the, the, the Fords are at a significant disadvantage, right? Roush Racing doesn't have either driver locked in these playoffs. You guys are not running like you they've run in the past. Stuart Haas is completely in left field other than Kevin Harvick for the most part. What in the world is going to happen between now? I mean, the playoffs start in five races. We got five more races, then we're playoff races. What are what are what are you hearing, TJ, on the Ford side of things internally at Penske? Like, there's got you got to be knowing and hearing something that you can tell us about how you're behind, where you're behind, and what you're going to do. Uh, I just think it's across the board. I don't really know if there's any specific area where you know they're looking at where you're just going to find a bunch of speed. You know, I think it's just across the board. You just keep working until. You know, you, you find a little bit, you find a little bit and, um, you know, arrow, you find a little bit everywhere, just every, the whole package. I don't, I think, I don't think there's one area where you can look, you know, I look at the corners, I look at, you know, we, we show some, we, we fight handling a lot compared to like what it looks like some of the other cars, you know, then, you know, the stuff we've talked about before, you know, just racing these guys and, and, uh, trying to keep up with them. I don't really know uh, the best answer for this but i don't know anything personally you know i think it's just a i really just think it's across the board man i I think we need i think we need to turn better i think we need to carry more speed in the corner i think we need to i think just we need to get better the whole way around kurt bush let you stay on the lead lap yesterday and that's not supposed to happen in atlanta with joy legato and a pinsky team you know that that was a very smart decision by kurt because it was going to get real interesting down in the turn of three if (laughs) Yeah, he Kurt definitely. It was gonna get really. I mean, forcing the issue right there was. He would have had to force the issue pretty bad. I don't think he was in a position to want to chance that. You know. Yeah, but that my my point is, Joy Logano in a Pinsky driven Ford Mustang is not supposed to be getting lapped at Atlanta on a short run. I mean, that's well, a stage run. It's not like that was a huge long, you know, two hundred fifty lap green flag run. No, that was the. Uh, was that the that was the run where we had to we had a loose wheel. We had to pit super early, so our tires at the end of that run were way worse than we pit like fifteen less before everybody else did. Uh, we pitted right when the fuel window opened, just because we had to loose wheel, and Joey rode it out as long as he could until he felt like he couldn't. You know, it was going to get really bad, and then you know, obviously at the end we had a we had a tire come apart in the right front. So, but yeah, we definitely need to. We definitely uh, the playoffs are creeping up, man. It's time to. This is where you want to find that momentum that you want to find that. Um, shot in the arm, you know, like just to shoot you into the playoffs and carry that throughout. I mean, we you saw this week where I thought it was pretty telling where that interview with Rodney, where he was just super pessimistic about 
their chances of improving this year. Like I forget if it was Jenner or somebody retweeted it, and it was just like it almost sounded like Rodney said it is what it is. You know, we're kind of just playing out the string here. I mean, we were floating in the lake with a forward driver last week, and he seemed pretty pessimistic about, you know, I just don't think we have the motors to run with these guys, and I don't know if the bodies are good enough to run with them. Uh, you know, with you know, unless they come back to us a little bit, I don't know that we can make gains enough to get there. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just a shame that that's where they're at. But I'm sure they're going to keep working. And like TJ said, they need they need to they get it together here. Well, we got five or six races before the playoffs. It's, uh, it's yeah. time to turn it up. Yeah, we got a, we got a little bit of time to get there. And I mean, obviously, we we got a lot of smart people, man. So I'm looking forward to, you know, getting some momentum for the playoffs and making a playoff run. This Store Bump of Fear podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. As Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise, RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecast hats, apparel, helmets, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 collectible diecast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's Atlanta race winner, Kurt Busch. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. They automatically discount items in your cart so you get the best price, and they offer free upgrades to expedite shipping. They guarantee the lowest pre-order prices. They ship all in-stock orders the next business day. And as an added bonus, you can enter to win this month's $200 gift card. So whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for a reaction theater. You know how someone's saying, I'm from the government, I'm here to help, or like the scariest words in the English language? I think the second scariest are, I'm from SMI, I'm going to repave your track. <laughs> um, let me give you a list of the intermediates that SMI hasn't ruined in the last 16 years. Las Vegas. Uh, let me think of another one. Uh, no, no, there isn't. It's just Las Vegas. All right. Should be fun in Atlanta next year. Woohoo! Good work. Anybody that's got a problem with Knoxville can kiss my fucking ass. It's the best damn dirt track in the whole country. It's not their fault that the truck series drivers can't go one lap without crashing each other. Hey, TJ, you suck. TJ, you're the worst. I think your opinion sucks because you don't have any idea. Which, hey, it might be the best dirt track. Yeah. One of the best dirt tracks. Not arguing that. But... Obviously, you're probably a sprint car fan, and you've been there for many sprint car races, so I don't think this is the same. Let's put sprint cars at Daytona and see how it looks. Knoxville Nationals is on my bucket list, but, man, it's just this, this yeah. race. this The trucks on that racetrack did not, did not end well. Yeah, Sorry. I, I agree. I'd like to go there for the sprint cars, too. Next one. Hey, Freddie, is it your job to watch out for Derek Krause? Because he's going to have about 10 guys trying to whoop his ass after this week. Bodyguard. I like that guy's name. Hey, did I tell uh-huh. you? Did I tell you the plane story, Brett? 
uh-uh. with Derek. So I get on the plane. My I actually Derek's actually on my plane flying back. And there was a handful of crew I'd guys. I'd be afraid it'd crash. <laughs> Dude, well, he, he couldn't run into it. There's a handful it. of crew guys on this plane already. And I'm about eight, nine rows back, whatever. As soon as Derek gets on, <laughs> it's like just random guys. Derek, don't hit me. Derek, don't hit me. Like just all the crew guys were hollering. And they're from other we've teams. Never, we've <laughs> never had a driver get wrecked twice on a cooldown lap by two different drivers. Actually, so congratulations. No, it Derek gets even better. Up. Derek got rep- wrecked on the second cooldown lap, too. <laughs> like, not just the first cooldown lap. I, he ran another one and got wrecked again. I texted his dad. By I another s- driver. I yeah. texted his dad. I said, you might want to have some people near the truck when Derek gets out. Just just a suggestion on my part. What's up, guys? Well, I like to nominate myself for What an Idiot this week. Bought a ticket to the race. Got a quick flight in and out. Check out Bubba and Freddie. Was looking forward to going to the offer pad 10 at 11.30 this morning. And what did my dumbass do? It is now 7.33. And I realized that I overslept and missed my flight. So I would like to nominate myself, Jimmy Wags, for what an idiot this week. <laughs> Damn it, Jimmy. I know, man. I almost feel like Jimmy Kono, another one, man meet up with you i jimmy you are first let's talk about something else here you are one idiot for booking a flight that you had to be up that early for any if you if you overslept at 7 30 i don't know what the hell time you were supposed to get up but it was way too early jimmy let me know next time you come up to a race man i'll take care of you i'll hook you up with something fun because that is a you are an idiot i gotta agree with you <laughs> thanks for calling and calling yourself out <laughs> I tell you, if they don't hurry up and fix this fucking track, I'm gonna run out of fucking beer and cigarettes. <laughs> Shout out to Bubba Wallace for not sucking ass. Fuck you, TJ. Shout out to you Damn. for not. You could bring your own cooler and you didn't pack enough. <laughs> a beer and a cigarette. <laughs> beer and a cigarette. Pretty sure we're here. TJ cry about how the 42 held Kyle Bush up, but didn't Joey do the same? in March to hold off Larson so Blaney could pass him blocking to stay on the lead laps racing TJ you suck TJ TJ, why are you crying about it I've never cried about that in the beginning I wish you'd shut up about it Jesus I don't I'm tired of listening to you cry I get tears on my shoulder the opposite of it so way to try to make the show buddy he did yeah way to go Jason (laughs) way to go Jason for putting a guy in there that doesn't even deserve it you gotta love when a race is determined by who's got the lap down teammate but that's how it's gonna be can't beat them join them so i think us toyota supporters ought to designate a toyota driver our shittiest one to be the full-time blocker so with that being said freddie if you will <laughs> let bubba know what his new job is I <laughs> about halfway through that call i knew it was coming <laughs> i mean this has also happened the year before uh matt came to to the 21 car we caught him leading the stage in the turn of three at Vegas, and what does he do? Runs right in our path. Truex goes by us. What's said? Nothing's ever said. It's not. It's supposed to happen. I, listen, I, I, I know you're not is, complaining. It it's, is. It's, I mean, it's what I would do. It's what Brett would do. It's what you would do. It's what yeah, any of us I mean, would do. It is what it is. I would be flipping you off while I did it. I mean, Brett that probably happens, but I mean, Brett went a step further one time. <laughs> 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 he did go. Went about three steps further one time. Well, we made it to the playoffs, baby. 
Let's go! Oh, Kurt. I can't stop crying, man. Congratulations, Kurt. You guys had a great car, and we finally pulled it off. Oh, my God. Not only is this win bittersweet for Chip Ganassi, but it's also very bittersweet for myself. Oh, my God. Words cannot describe how great I feel right now. I was really waiting for some kind of comic relief there. Uh, I actually thought hey, it was man, a joke. Good. Yeah. Kurt Busch fan. I don't think any of us dislike seeing. I mean, Kurt's. I loved it. Yeah. I think it was great for. So is this a Justin? Right is this a track house win or a fancy <laughs> win? I think I think Kurt's great. Can I start that campaign on here? Of course you do. That guy needs Xanax or something. <laughs> do we know where he's going yet? Any? Uh, I, I have no idea. I just think Kurt's great. Remember, I haven't last time you said someone's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's all over the track and he can't drive his way off the pace. My great grandma could outrun him and she's 98. Car high, car high, he's still there. But he drives it in deep Cause he don't fucking care Ah, Cody Ware <laughs> That is like that, that guy's, I mean, we've got some talented that songwriters is, yeah, out here I, And instruments too, man Like, that's pretty good guitar playing Is that Jeb again? That was Jeb Jeb's Jeb, uh, I had no idea Jeb Burton was that good at music but I know yeah. Jeb's pretty good so our buddy Kyle Rush told us at the tweet up this week that we can give out an offer pad T-shirt that they were giving out this weekend, the Denny Hamlin awesome different uh, with his glorious face on the front T-shirt there. So uh, we we decided that we're going to give it to our buddy Jeb. Uh, he's been killing it on the song front here lately. So uh, Jeb, you get a T-shirt, get in touch with Jason, get your uh, contact info so we can send you a shirt, bud. Yeah, great job, Jeb. To leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. We'll play the best ones each week on the show. Keep them coming. Offer pad question of the week. What do you think is your pet's favorite part of your home? Do they have a designated spot that they always go to? Brett, I know you have uh, probably a few spots. Yeah, I've got three dogs in my house. Um... I'd have to say under my television in the living room, there's this, I don't know what you would call that thing. I guess a big desk that, that sits under my television and half of it is got Inter- seating. And are you the talking other half, about entertainment center? <laughs> no, it ain't entertainment center. The other half has uh, got dog crates underneath it and oh, they yeah. got, you know, these nice little fluffy cushions in them. And that's where my dogs always go to chill. So uh, sometimes Bodie goes in there and shuts the door too. I was going to say, sometimes you open the door up, right? Let him out. <laughs> I got one that won't stop pissing everywhere. I should leave her little ass in that crate. Yeah, that's not a good thing. You, no. you don't you don't, yeah, you have a dog? you don't have a dog, right? You don't have oh, a dog. I got Mo. Come on now. I've had Mo he forever. He tried to kill Freddie in his bed one time. Yeah, he tried to fold me up in the bed. Uh, he always <laughs> – so it's funny. He used to – when John was home all the time, he would sit. We had a, like a chair and an ottoman in the one bedroom and John, the chair, the Ottoman sat next to the chair. And if you ever needed to find Mo, he was on that Ottoman, just sitting there watching John do whatever I race or something. But now he's just on the big ass couch all the time. He's I just was going to say, how does your dog not get on the couch? He sleeps just all day on the couch. So TJ, uh, probably the couch as well, but, um, 
our dogs are like 19, 21 pounds. They're miniature golden doodles. They like to lay on top of the couch cushions, which pisses me off because it just mashes the cushion down eventually. And then you go in and you're like, why is the couch all matted down? Because, well, the doll's been laying up there. So dog loves the uh, the couch. And um, other than that, Kylo's got a uh, a little Star Wars bed that I got him. So whenever whenever I race or something, he sits in there and sits on the dog bed and enjoys it. So how, speaking of John, how is John? So good, still still digging. I love going in high racing sessions with John and running faster than him, and, him and then leaving. So the other day, he told me he comes down. He yeah, he was in there racing or whatever, and he's like, I forget, was it Watkins Glen or something? Maybe? Oh yeah, and he's like, he ran a good lap. He said, man, I there, I was running my ass off. I was finding speed, finding speed. He goes, the, 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 I I finally caught the guy that was fastest in that lobby. I passed him. I was I was pumped. He says, and I see TJ pop in there because he always kind of pops into my races when I'm ready. He says, and TJ goes out there two minutes later. He's a half a second faster than I am. He's like, and I got mad and left. He goes, I couldn't do it anymore. I ended up about a second faster. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. Speaking of OfferPad, how about all the stuff they were giving away? I mean, it was awesome. The T-shirts were awesome. Stickers. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun to see them guys, our buddies uh, Vaughn and uh, Amir there. They, they I've seen I met them guys in Talladega. They were a blast to hang out with for a little bit. I know Brett got to see him a little bit on uh, Saturday night. I think. Uh, uh, speak, speaking of that, I bought them all tequila shots, oh uh, God. and it ended up being like seven or eight of us. Freddie, they charged me one hundred and forty five dollars for damn tequila shots. I got my receipt out. Uh, yesterday out of my bag, I was going through my receipts and I was like, man, I can't believe I spent 350 bucks at that bar. We didn't really do that much. That one round of shots was $145. How many shots did, did you, you buy? The did whole you drink, bar? Did you drink 42 or? <laughs> no, I don't. It was some, uh, Don Julio Reposado. Uh-huh. They charged me like $18 a shot. It's well, crazy. Dang. You, we did way better last week on shots. They were one bottle free for me. You had to pay for it. I'm sure. Hey, we also met, uh, <laughs> The Twitter guy, uh, the little, the mini Bob Pockers. Bo- Bozy? Yeah. Yeah, Bozy uh, was there. I was, I was like, like a little Bob. I was happy to meet him because we've, we've yeah, interacted a lot on there, and uh, I, was, I was happy to finally get a chance to meet him. He Good was to see on the Bob. sports car team, that, yeah. the 24 race. He, he, works for, he works for uh, Jimmy Vassar. Uh, Jimmy Vassar's yeah. race. And I told, Brett, I told, he was telling me about how cool Jimmy is. I was like, oh, yeah, Jimmy's really cool. He let me put him in a headlock one time at uh, Cosmo in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, him and Freddie were best friends for a night. <laughs> was that like... Playful or not? Oh yeah, no, no. We were, oh no, it was, okay. it was playful. It was, it was, it was, Freddie was just so happy to meet Jimmy Vassar, he couldn't keep his hands off of him. It was a full block romance right there in front of my own eyes. I woke up the next day. Brett's like, "Do you realize you had Jimmy Vassar in a headlock last night?" Yeah, I was like, "Y'all don't, y'all don't know this about Freddie, but he's got a really big ass beard, and when he drinks too much, all he wants to do is kiss all over you. And it don't matter if it's a girl or a guy. Like, I mean, That's he gets to kissing true. on me, and it drives me bonkers." <laughs> Actually, you like kissing guys more than girls when you drive. I would hope so. Y'all better be careful. You might get Velcroed together. (laughs) (laughs) It's that time again where we discuss our favorite Xfinity X-Fi more than fast moments. Whether you're on or off the track, speed isn't the only thing you need. What were your favorite more than fast moments this week? Freddie. 
Uh, my more than fast moment is probably a guy that, again, that I said this, I think last week that wasn't going that fast was Ross Chastain slowing down the, the speed of Kyle Busch and letting his teammate win the race. So that'll be my more than fast moment of the week. TJ, my more than fast moment, uh, this week is going to go to Noah Gregson for catching that flat tire and coming down pit road and battling back to a strong third place finish. I tell you what, my friend Nicole out in uh, St. Louis, she works with us on the Nutrinac Solutions business. Casey, her internet sucks. So if we can get her hooked up with some Xfinity X5, I will gladly pay for it because on Zoom calls like I'm on today, she freezes all the time. Um, but my more than fast X5 moment has probably got to be Haley Deegan for a hot minute because, man, it was fun watching her lead that race with Biffle, uh you know, running her down, and then they're battling for the lead. Um, that's what we need to see out of her. We know she can drive. We know she's a sexy thing to look at. So if, if I want her, if I want to see her come up and be a badass, it ain't going to just be because she's hot. She's going to have to do what she did there. She's going to have to go out and freaking kick these boys' asses, and, and it was fun to watch her do that. You had to leave the comment in there about being sexy. That's cool. I'm glad this is being recorded. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have her on here. Everybody's sexy so. today. Casey's sexy. TJ's sexy. Everybody's sexy. Sexy's a fun you word. You forgot one. <laughs> Freddie, you're sexy too. <laughs> you're a lot nicer on Zoom. Okay. Jason, I can see Jason in the mirror off his reflection. Jason, you're even sexy today. <laughs> TJ said Haley Deegan's coming on soon. Yeah, she, well, she's, uh, she wants to come on, so. We will Set we'll have up. her on down in the, down the road here. Don't don't have her on next Monday because I'm going to be in Turks. Have her on after Watkins Glen. Maybe maybe she can be an in person one since she's so sexy to you. Here on Door Bumper Clear, being more than fast is a way of life. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And don't forget to vote for your favorite. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free awesome service to make the process simple and easy there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple Podcasts, and many more platforms also you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership i like like money it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. idiot i know we've already talked about our one one Jeez, oh man there's so many there. there's a line. who do you have there's a line this week i said my what an idiot uh i'm sorry but the 47 car you know we we saw this same stupid thing at homestead one year 
um, with, with uh, what's the redheaded driver's name of driver to your motorsports? Cole Witt. Cole Witt. Cole Witt. Yeah, Cole Witt was an idiot. So was Kyle Weatherman. Y'all are both idiots. That's stupid. Did you get your question? My question? Oh, no, I never did. Uh, Kyle okay. sent me a message a little while ago. I'm waiting to see what he's got, what he has to say. TJ. Man, my, I got to go to, you know, every majority of the truck field for ruining, you know, I'm not saying the race would have been good, but there was just a lot of dumb decision making. And it's got, I got to go with, you know, that it's just, we could have put on a better race, even though it might not have been the best race we did, but there was a lot of people that just didn't care. No, no complete lack of respect for each other on the racetrack. I, I was trying to narrow it down. I have too many. Um, so many. I have two. I have two. I have to go with two. My number one one is the one that I started the week off with. I tweeted it when it happened. I don't know how, as a flag man, you throw the white flag in a heat race with five laps to go and screw up the race. Zane Smith checked out, leading, has to, has to have a restart. Kyle Strickler beats him on the restart. So flag man waving the white flag with five laps to go and altering the race is my wooden idiot for the week. But I have to give an honorable mention to a guy, uh, Wyatt Alexander sent me this video, and I'll tweet it this week, of a guy at Oxford. I don't know what class it was trying to intentionally I got, I, somehow what's happened this guy's waiting on somebody to wreck him and three times he tries to wreck him and completely misses and goes out of the ballpark with Oxford Speedway doesn't have walls in the corners so he comp- like, hangs it right tries to wreck this guy and goes over the berm flies out of the racetrack I mean it was it was pretty impressive so I'll, I'll tweet that video but the flag man he's probably going to get my wood and I wall. got Brett I got one for you let me know let what me you know. got Wait, are you done checking your OnlyFans <laughs> I got a ghost. So you got to hurry that hey, up. So we take uh, the, at Knoxville, the 99 truck has a bar sticking out the front of it. NASCAR talks about it a little bit. All right, one to go at the line. We go down to turn one, middle one and two. We're doubled up. He's on the outside. We are doubled up. He get, They go, all right, post the 99. Like, we've already went by the entrance they have to pit road as well. Would you be mad? I'd be real mad. Rich Lushes, I saw him on TV yeah. arguing. I'd been, I would have been absolutely furious. You had ample time to make that call. It is a judgment call, but if you're going to make that call, you can't do it after one to go and penalize the guy. Yeah, you need it to run, fair to get him. him out of there and run another lap and put him in the back. Let him cut it off or whatever. Two right. words: David Hoots. <laughs> DBC picks. Oh, I'm going to give a timeline on this one. You guys better all have your picks ready. Cause... Well, we're going to put a time limit on you showing I'm, up. I'm, I'm going I'm first because I'm taking my sexy ass down here to this baseball field to watch my little boy. I, I finished dead last with freaking Ricky Stenhouse. Good job. Uh, I'm gonna, I got to go. I got to throw a Hail Mary right here. Eric Amarola. Get that forward uh, running, buddy. Freddie, we know you hey, want to see you your last. Right, CJ, who you got? Uh, damn it. Freddie had a big win this week too. He won with Kurt Busch. He's up ten to six to five now. 11. I'm gonna go with, oh man, I don't want to use him. I'm gonna go with Matt DiBenedetto. I'll take Brad Keselowski. Ooh, good one. Speaking of Matt DiBenedetto, no, nope. you can't talk about it. I know you can't I'm talk not about speaking it. Speaking on it, but I can. <laughs> uh, I think we see ha- y'all. Bye. I think we have a good idea who's getting in that car next year. I, and I can't say his name because I don't want to break any news for him, but he has been a guest on this show. Wow, well, my, this year. my win at Talladega was pretty big. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's one. Uh, we heard some dominoes falling this week. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, 
You might be able to piece it together. May not. Uh, Doug Kobe. Doug Kobe <laughs> going to be in a two car or twenty one car next year. Luke Fenhouse. Um, <laughs> and uh, some some stuff with Kurt was breaking maybe soon. I would hope. Uh, we'll I mean, see. you think? Oh, you kind of. I'm not yeah. going to say. It. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, but I would hope that, like I said on here last week, I hope that's our team. I hope that's I the guy. Think you can use the, the word twenty three. The twenty three eleven gets. That's that's. What I've been hoping that all year. So hopefully that plays out. But how does uh, how does twenty three eleven get another driver without a charter? They're going to have a charter, hundred uh, percent. Who they're going to get it from? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I mean, you, like we talked about, just the way the parts and everything else is playing out, you almost have to have a charter. And I, you know, we have. Then he has the resources to get another charter, so I'm sure that they will have one uh, by the time this announcement's made. Interesting. All right. Well, heading into New Hampshire, don't forget to have a ton of lobster. Go to Macris. Macris. They have the best lobster. That's where you get the trophy from. So have a great week, everyone. Thank you all for listening. As Brett would say, holla. Really quick, shout out Tyler Green, winning spotter yesterday on his daughter's birthday. Hadley Green's birthday, 7-Eleven. I call her Slurpee. Uh, But, uh, yeah, awesome deal for Tyler. Give a shout out to myself for – picking somebody and they didn't have bad luck and Tyler Reddick <laughs> with a good run so appreciate well, it Tyler it's about time. thanks for bailing me we'll out we'll be back buddy. to it next week don't worry y'all have a good week check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube Twitter Facebook and Instagram Dirty Mo.